Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. In today's prevailing atmosphere of virtual experiences, cyber games, and online relationships, it's becoming harder to get people to face life's true realities. Realities that are not always easy to accept. People will often prefer to deny the hard facts of life. That they are not who everyone thinks that they are. That they do and say things that they're ashamed of. That they don't want to talk about accountability and consequences. They fight the reality of getting older, and death, well, please don't be so morbid. Well, before you change that dial, we want you to know that not all of reality is doom and gloom. Indeed, true reality involves all of the fullness of life that God has given to each one of us. Yes, we need to face our sin and our need, but God's word is filled with assurances of God's great truth and reality the wonderful certainty of eternal life for all those who trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. We hope that you will have the courage to face some great realities from God's Word on our program today, because facing these realities is the first step in experiencing God's great salvation. And We're not here to get members for this church. We're not here to collect your money. We don't have a collection. We are here because we care about you. We love your souls. We want to tell you about a God who loves your souls far more than, not only than we do, but we could. And he loved you so much, and he loved me so much, that he was willing to give everything he had when he gave his son to die on the cross of Calvary. The wonderful story of the gospel is that you could go away from this meeting knowing for sure that no matter what happens, and we don't know what may happen, no matter what happens, I'm absolutely sure that I will be in heaven. We believe that's worth knowing. And if you stop and think about it, I think you'll have to agree. If there's one thing I want to know for sure, no matter what happens, I want to know that I'm going to be in heaven. Now, if you have a Bible, we're going to read several short scriptures. First of all, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 1. The whole head is sick, and the whole heart faint. From the sole of the foot... Even unto the head, there is no soundness or wellness in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment or medication applied. Now, turn to the right in your Bibles to the first book in the New Testament. We're going to read in Matthew's Gospel in chapter 1. And... The angel is speaking to Joseph. In verse 21, it says, And she, that is Mary, shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name 
Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. And I want to read in Luke chapter 19. There's a story here about a little man by the name of Zacchaeus. And he was so little that he couldn't see over the crowd. And he wanted to see Jesus this day. And so since he couldn't see over their heads, he climbed a tree. That way he was sure of seeing the Lord Jesus. And the Lord stopped under that tree and had a discussion with this little man and told him to come down. And this is what he says in verse 9. Jesus said unto him, unto Zacchaeus, This day is salvation come to this house. For so much as he also is a son of Abraham, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Luke 16 and verse number 22. It came to pass that the beggar, a man by the name of Lazarus, died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried, and in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father, Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Now one final reading. Romans chapter 5 and verse number 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, or all mankind, for that all have sin. Did you ever have a really, really bad dream? I guess you could call it a nightmare. You have a bad dream? And it seems like no matter what you do, no matter how hard you try, in this dream you're trying to get away from whoever it is that's after you or get out of the situation that you're in. And it seems like you're uh, you're trying to run and you've got 100-pound weights on your feet and everything is slow and, and everything is getting you and, and you just you, your heart starts pounding and, and, and all of a sudden you wake up and you can feel your heart pounding and, and maybe you're sweating and... And uh, sometimes people wake up and they're crying. They're literally crying. And when you wake up and you realize, I'm so glad that was just a dream. You see, a, a dream is, isn't real. It, it affects our minds while we're in it. But when we wake up, it's, it's over. It's, it's done. It's, it's, it's not real. And a lot of times people in our society today, and maybe there's some here tonight, and, and you feel this way from time to time, you, you just, you can hardly face reality. You can hardly go and start another day knowing what's coming, knowing what might happen to you during the day, the people that you might meet, the situations that you're in, and, and you just don't want to because it's, it's reality. It's what faces you. It's what hits you right in the face. And some people, they try to escape reality. Maybe it's with a syringe. Maybe it's with a bottle. Maybe it's with friends. Maybe it's just with me, trying to be so busy with work that you can't think. Reality doesn't go away. We may try to escape it, but eventually we all have to face reality. What is really real? And so many people are skeptical. They hear this, they hear that, and someone says this and they say, boy, that really sounds good. And they find out that that person wasn't even real. They were trying just to get my money. It was a scam. It was a fakery. It was a mockery. I want to consider several things that we have read about that are real, please consider these realities because sooner or later you will have to face them. 
The first of these realities is the reality of sin. Now, that's not a popular word in our world. People don't want to hear about sin. I mean, they're willing to call it anything else. That little three-letter word is so unpopular. They can call it an error in judgment. They can call it a misdeed. They can call it or blame it on something or someone else. But let's not talk about sin. I remember reading about a man, I believe he was a Methodist minister, Dr. Blank was his name. Some of the people that were in his congregation came to him and said, Dr. Blank, you really have to stop preaching about sin. I mean, some people might be offended, and we want to make sure everyone keeps coming and fills up these pews in our church. He stopped and he he reached into his drawer and he poured out a little bottle. And that bottle was a bottle of strychnine. It was a bottle of poison. And when you looked at that bottle, it had a, a skull and crossbones. And that's the sign for poison. He said, would you like me to, instead of having this label on this little bottle, would you like me to put a different label and say tincture of wintergreen? Folks, we got to talk about sin because it's a problem that affects all of us. And it's the problem that keeps us from God. The reality of sin. You go out the door, you go up and down the street, you look in the magazine, you look in the newspaper, you look on the television, and you realize, why is it that people say, what's this world coming to? That that was awful. Did you see what happened today? Did you see what that man did? Did you see what happened to that family? And on and on and on the story goes. Sin is so real and it's all around us. There was a man one day and he said, I'm not not really all that bad. I mean, I wouldn't want to talk about sin. And that man was asked, sir, are you going to die someday? And he said, well, of course I'm going to die. Everyone dies. That is a proof of the reality of sin. Death has passed upon all men. For that all have sinned. All have sinned. You and I are all guilty. The reality of our sin. It's not something we like to think about, but it's something we must face. And the sooner we face it, the sooner we'll understand where it puts us as far as God's view and God's evaluation of me is concerned. God loves us. Never, never forget that. And the Bible is filled with the truth of God's love for us. But the same Bible that tells us of a God who loves us tells us of our sin and its reality and its consequence. But let's bring it home a little bit. Let's make it a little bit more personal. Sometimes I tell about the first car that I got. I guess I was 17 or so, and uh, my dad was looking in the paper for a car for me. Since he was the man that had a few more dollars than I did, he sort of had control there, and uh, he says, I think I found it. So we went off one day, and uh, we drove up the street, up this long hill. There was the car. It had various colors of primer, that is. And it was a 1963 Mercury Comet, three-speed stick. It was on the, on the uh, column, and it didn't run. So we towed it home, paid a grand total of $35 for my car. So we got it home, and my dad was a mechanic by trade years ago, and uh, he knew a lot about automobiles. And he said, come here, I want to show you something. And he said, I want you to look down alongside this fender, the rear fender. And he said, now, now watch, now listen. And so he started using his, his knuckles on the, on the fender, and there was this nice metallic sound. And it kept, you know, nice, nice metallic, and all of a sudden there was this clunk. And it didn't sound metallic at all. Now, you see, when I looked at that, I mean, whatever shade of primer it was, here's a car, and it's made out of metal. And he said, no, wait a second. And so he got out some tools, and he started to scrape through the paint. And when he got down under the paint, I didn't see metal. And when he got down under there, there was this pink stuff, and it was this putty. And under that, there was this pink stuff with hair in it. I guess it's called tiger's hair or something like that. 
Then he went through that, and then there was nothing. There was a hole. Now, it sort of looked okay until you actually put the tools to it. But when he put the tool to it, I found out what it was really like. Sometimes God has to put the tools to us to make us understand. We can talk about sin. There's sin out there, and there's sin that happens out there. But no, we're not talking about the world. We're not talking about them. We're not talking about him. We're not talking about her. We're talking about me now. The reality of self. Oh, it's okay to talk about sin in general. It's okay to talk about even what I do or what I've done. But I don't want to talk about what I am. What I am is a sinner. That's what I am. My mom and dad, they're still alive and I'm thankful for them. And they never sat me down one day and said, all right, Bill, um, this is a serious day now because today we're going to teach you how to lie. And I never did that. My mom and dad never taught me how to lie. But guess what I know how to do really well? I know how to lie all by myself. No one taught me. See, one day there was a, a man, a prophet, and he was sent to anoint a new king. And, and there was this big, strong young man who was a soldier. And he comes walking in. And Samuel thought as he looked at him, here's the man that God wants. God said, no, that's not the man. He said, look, Samuel. He said, man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. And when God looks on my heart, and when God looks at your heart, he sees exactly the same thing. He sees ruin. That's why we read those really graphic words in Isaiah 1. I mean, they're really graphic. It's, it's a word picture from the top of the head to the sole of the feet. God says, this is what I see, I see. I see wounds and bruises and sores that haven't been closed. They haven't had a dressing put on them. They haven't received medication. This thing's a wreck. You see, that's how God sees me. That's how God sees me. Would you please tonight, dear friend, face the reality of who and what you really are? A sinner. I'm not a sinner because I've sinned. I have sinned because I am a sinner. It's what I know how to do perfectly well. And there was a young girl, she just comes to mind, and I asked a question to a group of young people. I said, is there anyone here who has tried not to sin? And she put up her hand. She was about 16 years old at the time. She put up her hand, and I said, you've tried that. She said, yeah. I said, how did it go? She said, I couldn't do it for a day. I couldn't even do it for an hour. I couldn't not sin. And if you don't believe me, try it yourself. But I want you to think about another reality that we have considered, the reality of a Savior. The reality of a Savior. On the 1st of April in 2003, there was a young woman. She was a private, and she was in Iraq. And she was a prisoner of the Iraqis. And on that particular date in history, there was a team of special forces that went in to rescue Private Jessica Lynch. Whatever all the political ramifications with everything else that went on, it doesn't make any difference. It was simply this, that that young woman found herself in a position that she needed help. And there was something that was very real to her that particular day. And she will talk about it, I'm sure, until the day she dies. There was a group of men, and they came to my assistance. They came to where I was being held as a prisoner, held as a hostage, and they saved me. The reality of a Savior. You see, sometimes people, they don't even want to think about a Savior. That A Savior really isn't all that important until they're in trouble. 
Isn't it interesting that sometimes that people never go to church and they don't even want to think about God and they don't know anything about the Bible. They get in real, real trouble. And you know what they say? They say something like this. Oh, God, help me. Oh, Lord, help me. Why then? Well, then is when they need a Savior. Then is when they need help. Then is where they need someone to come and do for them what they have come to understand they cannot do. Now listen to what the angel said to Joseph. Mary is going to have a child. Mary is going to have a son. His name will be Emmanuel. And that name means God with us. You see, God didn't just stay up in his sinless heaven, which is where he is and which is what it is. He didn't just stay up there and, and somehow simply holler down to all the people on the earth and say, you, you got to do better than that. You've got to change your ways, man. If you ever want to be where I am, you better do better than what you're doing right now. No, no, no. God knew that you and I couldn't help ourselves. And so God came down himself in the person of his son, the Lord Jesus. An old man by the name of Simeon, he was holding the little child. He was holding him. And he's looking at that little child and this is what he said. Mine eyes have seen thy salvation. He was looking at the Savior, the reality of a Savior. My dear friend, that Christmas story, that little baby wrapped in the swaddling clothes, lying in the manger, while he was a little child in a little child's body, he was still the Savior. He was still the eternal God. And he had come with one purpose in mind. He would come so that he could be your Savior. Do you know him? Do you know him as your Savior? You've got to, or you'll never be in heaven. You've got to know him personally as your Savior. And he's real. Just as real as I'm standing here in this pulpit. There is a man in heaven who walked on this earth, who died on a cross in order that he might be your Savior. But I want you to think about the reality of salvation. I was saved in November, the 9th of November, 1958. I want to tell you something. There's nothing more real in my life than the day, the night of my salvation. As a child, I have some memories, but the most of my memories are this. Bill, you're not ready to die. And the night that God saved me, it came to me this way, and whether it seems to make sense or not, this is the way it was. Because my salvation was real. And I found out that night that I was perishing and that I was going to this place called hell. Was I the worst sinner in the world? No. Was I a sinner? Yes. And that's what disqualified me from the presence of God. And as a result of my sin, I deserved God's punishment for sin. And that's where he carries it out. And for the first time in my life, I realized I can't do anything. I can't even believe to save myself. See, I can't save myself, but someone could save me. I simply gave up. I said, Lord, I'm going to have to go to hell. That's where I deserve to go. And for the first time, I looked away to the cross and realized that he had died for me on that cross so long ago. If I were to ask, I'm sure there are many who would tonight gladly stand up and tell you about their salvation. And it's real. It's real. It's not my story that saves me. It's not my experience that saves me. But it's my salvation by way of the Savior, the loving, eternal, compassionate Son of God. We commend Him to you tonight, dear friends. He's the only Savior that there is. 
You might hear about this and that and the other as far as religion is concerned. We're not here to preach religion. As the Apostle Paul says, we preach Christ and Him crucified. Look away from the preachers. We can't save you. There's no rabbi. There's no priest. There's no pope. There's no pastor. No one can save but Christ alone. And He longs to save you. And salvation is real. I must warn you about one more reality. And that's this. The reality of suffering. You say, I've suffered enough in my life. I don't want to suffer anymore. For me to stand up here and say, I understand what you're going through is would be foolishness, because I don't. But there is someone who does understand. God understands. And He doesn't want you to suffer either. We read about a man who began his suffering in hell. And he's still there. And he's still suffering. Why? Because he was a bad man? No. No, it was simply that he did not place his trust in the Christ. He did not place his trust. You see, he was a rich man. He thought he had it all. He thought he could do it all. He couldn't do a thing. And tonight he's suffering. God have mercy on your soul that you would ever find yourself in that place. You needn't because there's a Savior. He's God with us. He came to where we were so that he might save us, so that he might save you. And what does he want of you? Just trust him. Just trust him. Yes, all we need is to be honest. Sin is a sad reality in our world today, indeed, in our own hearts. We get nowhere with God unless we acknowledge this simple fact. And sin brings judgment, another stark reality that we must face. But this is where the good news comes in, more realities. Realities of how God sent a Savior to save us from our sins. How salvation is a free gift to all who will receive it. Wonderful realities to enjoy for all of eternity. We hope that you will consider these important facts from God's Word and experience for yourself God's great salvation. If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you to understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at email at anchorpointradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad that you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by believers in Christ who are meeting at various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday as well as other meetings such as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. No collection is ever taken and a very warm welcome awaits you. If you've been challenged by today's message and would like to know more about the truth of the gospel or of gathering under the name of our Lord Jesus Christ following New Testament principles, take a look at our website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the gathering center nearest to you. My name is John Sharp, and thank you once again for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that Christ alone is the anchor for the soul. <laughs>